Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Squareball Podcast. To buy the Squareball magazine, get back issues and podcasts, visit thesquareball.net. On this edition of the Square Ball Podcast. Becchio, teeing up Housen to kill it! Wonderful goal, Johnny Housen! Johnson, Beckford, 2-1 Leeds! Leeds United are promoted! Hello, welcome to the 10th and final Square Ball Podcast of this season. And in the studio, our regular team of upwardly mobile men. We've got Michael Normanson. Hello! Moscow White. Yes! <laughs> and Oddie's here. Hello. And you can get in touch with us. Podcast at thesquareball.net. Find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Gentlemen, listen to that. That is the sound of promotion. We did it. Uh, after that long, difficult, traumatic season, we're finally there. And how are we all feeling? Not bad, not bad. I'm delighted I've not yet been married or had kids because I can now say it was probably the best day of my life without being in too much trouble. <laughs> But unbelievable. Absolutely. I'm going to go out and say it, yeah, the best day of my life so far. <laughs> I've never enjoyed anything quite as much. It was special. It, it was, well, the last 20 minutes were special um, and everything that came after that. Up until that point, I think I've never hated being at a football match more in my entire life. But um, at the moment, I am now drinking a can of uh, fine ale. Well, it's not fine ale, it's cheap lager, but um, keeping the party going. Keeping the hangover going. Well, that's, <laughs> that's the other element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a long, it was a long day Saturday. It's a very long weekend and it's been a bloody long season. And, and we said before, didn't we, I, I'm just very glad to be at the end of it now, finally. The, the, the drag is over, but what a finish. Let, let's imagine for one moment that we still had the playoffs to come and then let's never speak of that again <laughs> let's pop back just over a week then um, and take in the Charlton game the first of our two white watching matches we'll come on to the small matter of Bristol Rovers uh, in a moment or two so emotions very different uh, after the Charlton game but strangely after that game I felt more confident of being promoted than before it despite the fact that we lost because obviously the, the other teams around us all did us a favour again it's the same as most weeks really since since January there's been a game less And every every week that goes by, I think somehow would, apart from the few weeks where we kind of lost to Millwall and Swindon and dropped out a second. But since that point, since we've been back in second, it's just been like it's another game down. There's less time for us now to mess it up. <laughs> and the fact that nobody seems to want to go up either. Yeah. Just by mm. ballsing it up every week. So it wasn't just us, was it? I mean, uh, apparently uh, Millwall fans are pretty uh, angry well, generally quite angry anyway <laughs> but quite angry about the fact that they've they've really bottled it because they were on a great run of form and they just uh, they just did a lead didn't they um, I was just going to say I, I didn't mind the Charlton game too much because I didn't think we were going to go up that day so I watched it Ellen Road on the um, uh, the beanbag well actually I, for as much as possible watching it in the bar because the vidi screen or the vidi, vidi telly whatever Bates is trying to call it not very good for watching actual live football on um But I never thought we were going to win that match, so I was quite... When Naylor scored, which was a good finish, um, keeping his scoring run going from Yeovil, I was just, like, not <laughs> not overly disappointed. Just, oh, well. Because we knew by that point that uh, Millwall were losing and were going to lose. So, I mean, it, 
I've got on my notes here about Grayson's gung-ho tactic of sticking on every striker we possibly had at the club uh, to go stand at one end of the park um, and people I mean it doesn't matter now obviously but he was criticised a little bit for, for sticking everybody on but you could understand the gamble couldn't you because we you know all it would have taken was one goal and we wouldn't have had to carry it into the next week it was fair enough yeah. Yeah. it doesn't matter now and it actually didn't matter at the time yeah. it's just, it that was, was the thing a draw or a defeat yeah. it was academic wasn't it didn't it? make much difference really it had taken a bizarre set of events for us for that to actually make a difference so and it might be right uh, out of that game given a, a small mention to Ian Moore as he used to be known and Andy Robinson or um, the most beautiful man alive as he, <laughs> he used to be known before he um, left and uh, for their contributions to the cause late late entrance to player of the season running and goal of the season from it, Robinson it was a corker it was an absolutely beautiful goal and um, it's good to know that these Leeds players are uh, wherever they are whoever they're playing for you're always Leeds they're still Leeds they're still Leeds even if they have married somebody who forced them into double barreling in the night come on stand up for yourself Ian <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that what must Ronnie think <laughs> so yeah we, we won't dwell too much on the Charlton game because as we say it's all about what happened on Saturday and what a day um, Leeds 2 Bristol Rovers 1 promotion to the championship a beautiful day wasn't it awesome. no, no, <laughs> no in hindsight <laughs> in hindsight it's beautiful I can't I haven't unwound there was some concern at half time about whether I was going to be alright um, questions were asked as to whether I was going to make it um, <laughs> and then when they scored it just got worse in, after Bristol Rovers goal until Halson's goal I basically just stared at my shoes um, swearing and not able to sort of take in anything that was happening around me. It was just, it was just a, a terrible, nervous, gut-wrenching, painful time. You do have remarkably nice shoes, though. Um, you are a well-turned-out man. Actually, I was wearing scuzzy trainers on Saturday, so I, I didn't even have that to, to enjoy. <laughs> I was just looking at all the, uh, all the holes and all my socks bursting out, and, and, and then um, Johnny House and... Yeah, I think we do. We not need to turn yeah. to you, Michael. <laughs> and you're already there getting ready to make to make this statement. You owe that man an apology. Hoyle were very good, actually. Um, <laughs> no, it was. Um, I think I probably not was not alone in the um, the cursing of why you bringing House and on rather than Snodgrass. But yeah, full credit to him. I'll uh, I'll admit I was wrong uh, on this one. He was he was absolutely superb when he came on and he did um, he did turn it for us. And an unbelievable finish as well because there's sort of no uh, no touch on it just first time he curled it into the probably the only spot he could actually hit where it would have gone in. Do you think he's a big game player? Because um, he's turned it on in the games against like Spurs and Man United and looked really really good. Um, maybe that maybe that's something that's afflicted all the squad and all the team that it's difficult to get up for your likes of Exeter and and things like that. Maybe we got bigger aspirations. It came close in the playoff final against Donny because he put one just over the bar. So. He- you know, that game could have turned quite quickly. It might be one of the, the occasions where the fact that he is Leeds born and a Leeds fan actually comes in handy because he, he, maybe he gets as wound up as we do for um, big games like that. But then, you know, maybe if he, if he could do it the rest of the season as well, it would be handy. But what I'm liking about the way this has gone is that we've got um, a manager and an assistant manager and a regular captain and a vice-captain who are all Leeds fans and that's got to be quite unusual in modern football especially if you looked at um, the cynical arseholes who won the championship for Chelsea on Sunday um, it's a it's a big difference and, a, and I think it must make a difference on the pitch as well that kind of thing's got to communicate to the to the rest of the squad well Grayson said it takes a special type of footballer to play for Leeds and maybe the, as fans they understand it and can transmit that to the rest of the players. I mean, <laughs> Max Grail doesn't seem to have any problem with getting up for football, does he? Yeah, I'd have been a bit more sheepish at the end if I was him when he came out <laughs> waving his arms around. I'd have looked a little bit sorry for myself. But is, yeah, but is it not that as soon as the whistle's gone, it's, it's you know? I don't know. I'd have, I'd have still felt bad if I was him, because we were quite comfortable in the game until he got sent off, and he, he was having not a bad game himself. He got past the full back a few times, and we looked like it was probably only a matter of time until we scored then he got sent off and everyone thought oh right this is where it's gone wrong then is it yeah and it was that all came after um, Grayson had made what's quite a big decision I mean we'll probably come on to Beckford um, 
A starting and B being captain later, but to have Gradle start ahead of Snodgrass was a, a bold move to start with, and he's obviously put some faith in and said, you've been in great form, go out there, don't let us down. <laughs> and I got the feeling that when um, the entire first-team squad was trying to get him to leave the pitch, the, the message that seems to be coming in, in terms of the body language, that as far as he could tell what they were saying, was this isn't about you, get off the pitch. He seemed, because he, he got to the point where he can't, he seemed to calm down, but he just wanted to stay on long enough to pull his socks up. And just like, <laughs> he kept saying, I'm all right now, but I, I'm not going yet. And that's when Andy Hughes came running over and he was just like, off. And, and when Andy Hughes says it, you do it. <laughs> and um, and yeah, he, he came very close to uh, screwing up our entire 60 game season. And, and he needs to. Um, he needs to cut it out. He needs to grow up a little bit, doesn't he, I think? Yeah. Shame as well, because he's been probably our best player as well over the past month. And then he goes and does that. He just was like a return to his Carlisle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While we're on that, we should point out that the um, Jones, the uh, the rubbishly quaffered full-back that, that created all this mess, should have gone as well for um, um, not so much for getting involved with Gradle, but he was windmilling his way through Luciano Becchio after having been pretending to be injured. If that wasn't worth a, a red card... Um, were there actual actual punches thrown, though? I don't know if the punches were thrown, but he was flailing about in the direction of Becchio's face um, with what I presume whatever a Bristol Rovers player has instead of hands. I don't know how, <laughs> how cruel nature can be, but um, he, he certainly... He did enough to but get... They are the pirates, out. so maybe they've got... <laughs> Abu Hamza style. <laughs> um, he did enough, in my view, to get to deserve being sent off himself. Um, and he also went down holding his face after he'd stamped on his foot, yeah. Yeah. which was a little bit odd. And he got, and Is that not reflexology? <laughs> <laughs> and he was straight up and, and into Becchio when Becchio came over. So um, so he should have gone as well. He did, but That referee was a disgrace. Yeah, I, was, I, don't, I didn't know if it was the pressure of it getting to me and because obviously everyone was in the same situation in the stadium but I was absolutely sure he had it, he had it in for us because I, 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 no one, I mean no one probably saw the actual thing that Grado got sent off for everyone just saw like a bit of a because I was at the, at the cop end obviously as well you, I couldn't really see what had happened at all but as soon as he sent someone off I was like it's a disgrace I don't know I don't know I don't, I don't know what's why. happened <laughs> but he shouldn't have gone yeah. imagine this like a, a Scooby-Doo unveiling of a mask <laughs> and it's Mawini underneath yeah I was but then throughout I was convinced he had it to get in for us but, but there was some Shocking decisions, not just bad, they were shocking. Mm. There were a blatant push on Becchio uh, in the box, and then yeah. he fell on the keeper, and then Becchio got. Did he get booked for falling on the keeper? Yes, he did. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. And that was a clear yeah, push did. in his chest when going up for a header. Calibre of referees does. Um does worry me a little bit but hopefully we should in theory get a better class of ref next year The um, that Kevin Friend bloke of Stockport fame I heard his name mentioned on the radio and I think it was in a it was a Premier League game he was refereeing on Sunday it's frightening they're everywhere <laughs> and I'm sure whatever game he was refereeing he's probably still hating Leeds United in his heart people loved us it wouldn't be the same would it it wouldn't no it's nice in a way in a, in a way it was the celebration at full time all the sweeter because of just how difficult it's been since January yeah, probably yeah. our fault since we started doing this yeah. um, it was just two fingers up in the air to all those League One teams yeah. and everybody else that hates us to the I world yeah. I, I meant to raise this actually I've, I've said recently that um, I probably said it on this thing that when we got promoted I didn't think I'd be able to enjoy it because the way this season's gone especially the second half I felt like it had almost been ruined how bad we'd become and just how ugly things had got but I'd seen it likened to paying off a loan rather than actually winning something <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a brilliant <laughs> however wasn't it sweet but then yeah come full time it, it just that all went out the window and it was just pure pleasure it's an odd one because it would have been nice from a point of view of comfort and not worrying about it most of every day for the last like <laughs> few weeks it would have been nice to have gone up nice and easily like Norwich did or something no but now it, now we've gone up this is the best way to have done it yeah, to be right. to be behind to be down to 10 men to have it so that we're not we're not going up as it stands but then then to somehow pull it round you can't beat it now it's, it's happened best however thing, yeah. at 1-0 down <laughs> and with 10 men I was thinking why didn't we just go up yeah, I, yeah. I, I with Charlton why didn't we almost get up at Gillingham why didn't we just why didn't we make it easy for ourselves and I didn't want us to go up by default 
and us blow it on the last game, but then we just yeah yeah. If everyone had lost, meant we went up. Yeah. I, I was saying before the game that it would be very, um, it would be typical of Leeds United to uh, to after, after all the build up to playing Bristol Rose, if we'd then just gone out and been like three 0 up at half time and everything was over, yeah. it would have felt like an anti climax. However, um, I agree with you. I think we perhaps took it a little bit far in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> um, then yeah, not just the sending off, but then a goal down as well. And after that goal, I I just felt oh, I don't ever want to well, as I, as go I back to that place. <laughs> as I the mentioned, as I mentioned, on, <laughs> as I mentioned on the podcast a couple of weeks back, um, when I quite rightfully predicted it would go down to the last day, and we would do it. So kudos to me, I think. It's your fault, you twat. Sorry. Um, and I said I was on a stag do, and I, I had to miss the game, which. I regret massively missing it, but it was an obligation I had to fulfil. However, I learned via my phone, and I'll explain fully a little bit later on what happened in my circumstances, but I had very patchy phone reception where I was, uh, and stuff was filtering through to me very irregularly, and um, I was out in the woods... More detail on that in a bit, <laughs> but oh, when I when it and, and I just my, yeah, <laughs> my, uh, my phone just kept going in very occasionally. And the worst thing was that my dad, who was at the game, sent me a text which just said one down. But what he meant was one man down when Gradle had been sent oh. off. Now, okay, we did go one down in the end, but still, you don't need that sort of thing when you're very very fraught nervously. Be clear, be concise, be accurate. Yeah. So um, I yeah I was just sort of getting learning stories of it via text and I was trying to access the Sky Sports thingy on my phone and it was a very traumatic day. But we'll return to we'll return to the uh, to the Bristol game and promotion and what it means. Uh, we'll do that in part three. Uh, next we'll wrap up what's been happening at Ellen Road aside from the uh, the glorious promotion. We will do that in just a moment. Part two on the way in just a minute. This is it then, this is part two, uh, Square Ball Podcast, where we have a look at what's been going on down Ellen Roadway for the last fortnight. Uh, and away from the promotion, it was nice to see the lads turning out in a in a fancy uh, new team uniform, wasn't it? And a new kit, what do we reckon? Better than the other one. It's... Well, we kind of derided, I derided Macron last time out. Um, I think it's a fine effort. Perhaps need to move the, yeah. the branding down a bit and the badge in a bit, but all in all, it's white. It's not like a Sheffield Wednesday kit. so It's not shiny either, which it, it looked a bit shiny online, but I saw people wearing it. It looks all right. It's always, we're always going to be slightly limited by the fact we've got a bit of a shit badge and a bit of a shit Macron logo on it. Yeah. But given, this, given what we've got to work with, I think it's all right. It is all right. You're right. The only things that are wrong... Move the badge into the chest. It doesn't need to be in the armpit. <laughs> Macron logo looks a mess. Net flights being on three lines bugs the life out of me, and I can't express. The first year we had them, it looked fine, just straight across the shirt, but um, we had to do that messy thing. Um, takes us back to the bad days of Bet24. The OHS logo on the back. Um, Oh yeah, that's crap as incredibly well. Incredibly cheap. To mention that. Incredibly cheap. Just it's like a a, a bad iron on. In, you can't from put a, a price on health and safety though. <laughs> you cannot. Um, <laughs> but you you can put a price on them having it printed properly, and, uh, <laughs> and it wouldn't be much. Do you think the uh, the macron and the badge location is to stop nipple rub? Whose nipples? Could well be. And, uh, what kind of rubbing? <laughs> <laughs> I won't be rubbing anybody's, but I was just thinking because you can get your jogger's nipple from football. Uh, Shirts, can't you? If you got the badge on on your uh, bosom. Anyway, not if you're Andy Robinson, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine Andy Robinson's nipples just burst straight through whatever tries to contain them. <laughs> so um, it wouldn't be an issue. Someone did mention on the forum it looked a bit Primarchish. Well, wow. well, that's always the problem. I mean, yeah. immediately there, there there's the war, eternal war between the traditionalists who say fantastic, we've gone back to the white kit, and other people who just go, it's just a white t-shirt with some writing on it, and so well. Mm. A white T-shirt without any writing on it would do me. And getting rid of that horrible badge, anything with that thing on it is always fighting and losing battle as far as I'm concerned. But it's better than the last one. Yeah, funny you should mention that about the badge because I had a discussion with LUFC Race on Twitter about that um, uh, and and she said that she uh, likes the badge. I asked if anybody actually liked it and she said yes. Did she give a reason why? Um, Did she design it? No, but I think I think it's when she's sort of, of of an age where growing up watching us in the Champions League and so on. So it's the it's the badge that she's known most of, yeah. but it is very synonymous with Ridsdale, isn't it? And obviously, it represents our massive slump um, in the last decade. I'm not even sure I dislike it because of the Ridsdale thing. I just think it's a shoddy bit of design work. But I do I can see where somebody 
would like it because I remember my, my favourite badge is probably still the half onion, the the white rose that we won the league with. Cause half I was onion. Just, um, yeah, um, just because I was I was like twelve when we had that, and it was the first um, success that Leeds United had known. So I'm always um, fond of that one, even though it's probably not the best. I actually, if anybody wants to um, tweet at um, us and. Uh, if anybody can confirm the story, I heard that that badge was designed by um, like an 11-year-old girl who won a competition to design the new Leeds United badge to replace the peacock. Because I remember hearing that once, ages ago, and I've always wondered if it was true. Because it never really lined up properly. <laughs> and it did uh, have a few um, girly touches. So if anybody knows if that's true, email, tweet, yeah. stuff. Get in touch with us via any one of the... Don't phone. No. <laughs> the problem with the current one, the majority of it means absolutely nothing. All those mm. little bars down the side, they don't, as far as I know, represent a single thing. Whereas the old ones used to, or every bit of it was kind of in some way connected to the club. Yeah. Now it's loads of, they've like kind of gone with a bit of a compromise of we've got the LUFC bit, we've got Yorkshire Rose in it, but then around it is just loads of shit. It's almost been Americanized, hasn't it? But you look at like Arsenal have redesigned their badge. Um, so Villa, Portsmouth have done the same, and they're a lot more sort of Americanized, very simplified. So I think Arsenal did theirs or something because it, it was such an old logo or something. It couldn't be copyrighted or something, something like yeah, that. So they, so they had to they, they had to change ago, it yeah. so they could then own the rights to it or something. Right, okay. Mm. But what's always kind of aggravating with Leeds is every shirt we bring out has the perfect badge on it the LUFC script but it's always on the back of the neck or it's shoved off down I think the new shirt has it um, kind of woven into the fabric or there's a bit of the, the new badge is kind of hidden down by the hip so it's always there it's just never prominent there he said thumping his chest Andy Hughes style <laughs> but all in all you, we can't have too many complaints badge aside that everyone was saying we want plain white we don't as we said last time out on the podcast we don't want massive panels of blue smashing yeah. down one side just make it white put a couple of flecks of colour on it so we know it's Leeds United and leave it at that the fear is and to sound like a, a, a negative um, bastard at this point What's the next one going to be like? Because they're giving us a white one now, and they'll, they'll. I hope they don't think. Well, they've had the white shirt. Let's go different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get Microsoft Paint out and really go to town. <laughs> and it's a lucky kit as well because we're unbeaten. Yeah, hundred percent record. Not Max Gradle. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on from the kit, then it was nice to see Patrick Kisnobo and Robert Snodgrass in the PFA League One team of the year, and probably says a lot about the quality of some of the strikers as well in the division that uh, Beckford didn't make it into the team as well, despite getting thirty-one goals. Who were the strikers? Do we know? I think Lambert and Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of Mike Bassett, England manager, that does, putting Benson and Edges in the team. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, fair uh, play to... Because Norbo, again, player of the year, completely deserves that as well, doesn't it? Yeah, head and shoulders above everybody else. And um, hopefully he can get fit quickly and come back next season because we'll, um, we'll need him. Um, and Snodgrass as well, I think. Although he wasn't as good this season as last season. Um uh, maybe he got tired out, bless him. He did look... Um, uh, in, maybe we'll mention this in the uh, promotion uh, discussion coming up, but it, I, I was involved... I was near the chairing of Robert Snodgrass on the pitch after the game, and even that seemed to be a bit of an effort for him. He was essentially being carried <laughs> around the around the stadium, and at one point his head just, just like, collapsed. And he, he, and he said maybe he he's narcoleptic. So we just don't know, do we? He's, maybe he's narcoleptic. He certainly... I mean, he'd, he'd, he'd put in a really hard three minutes on the pitch <laughs> and it obviously taken it out of him but um, I think um, Robert Snodgrass is a brilliant player and um, deserves um, all the plaudits yeah deserves to be in team of the year and Kisnobo as well it's been nice to see Kisnobo over the last few weeks as well he's always been in the dugout as well with the team because a lot of it when players when they're injured just won't travel to games and they'll stay at home and things but he clearly still wants to be very much involved in it it's like he's seen he's seen it through to this point of the season and he wants to, to stick with it through to the end which is, I think is really nice to see and it shows that he's an important part of the team whether he's, uh, he's in it or not really it's funny the way we can do that to a player Leeds United does get under your Blint's skin nodding yeah. Yeah. yeah well it could in, be. in his leather jacket yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say well, was, that was in 1989-90 wasn't it in the video yeah, yeah, he's on, um, yeah it was fashionable then to be fair <laughs> with the leather jacket <laughs> even though Snodding was injured in that he was always on the um, 
on the on the bench sat next to Wilkinson uh, agreeing with him and hiding from Hennigan. Referring to what we mentioned earlier about how so many people at the, at the top end of the club are fans, it seems like, I mean, people like Andy Hughes, Patrick Kisnorbo, going back a bit, like um, uh, Jesus, um, had really no interest in Leeds United before they arrived and yet somehow ended up quickly buying into the whole thing and, well, and have you, have you getting heard, carried and, away. And he used his quote from uh, out of the Bristol game of, I think it was on an interview with Yorkshire Radio, I'm not, I know I'm not the best footballer in the world but I've loved my time at Leeds. It's been the best time of my career. It shows as well. That effect. Yeah. He loves it, doesn't he? You can tell. Well, it keeps happening. We keep doing it to him. Yeah, I mean, this is returning to a point. Like when I interviewed um, Glyn Snodden when we did him for the magazine um, earlier on this season. <laughs> nice wink. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, he's, and I asked him that question, does Leeds United get, does it as a club get under your skin? And he said, absolutely. And is there, and is it, does it sound a bit wanky and self-indulgent, but is there something really special about us as a club? Because you get a feeling that... Is it true or not that other clubs might not have enjoyed it as much as we have done? Because we've gone from such an extreme high to such an extreme low that it makes the... You get to enjoy the highs. Even that, that, that much more, yeah. I think probably even more so now as well because we're not getting the big names who've also played for other big clubs. For most, probably every player in our in our squad, we are the biggest club they've ever played for. They've never, they've, they'll have come to us from like someone like Bradley Johnson who came from Northampton. He'll have been playing in front of, you know, five, six thousand people. And then all of a sudden he, you know, turns up at Ellen Road and it's packed and there's, you know, we're taking five thousand away, never mind to home games. And that must be a quite a step up for people. Maybe that doesn't that doesn't follow through quite so much when we when we were good and we had you know players signing from uh, from other big teams, but I think now like you know it's this is the the peak for most people, apart from Beckford. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of Beckford, I mean the next point I've got in my notes is goodbye to Jermaine Beckford. I've put a question mark. It was probably an optimistic question mark. Cause I think we all sort of roundly accept that he's going, and if the um, if the chairman's comments through a haze of champagne um, at the the members' dinner after the Bristol Rovers game or anything to go by. Um, he's on his way to Everton. Good luck to him. Fair enough. He's, he's probably our best signing of the last 10 years. There's not many players you sign for virtually nothing. A top consistently scored 30 goals, including key ones, particularly this year. You look at scored the goal that, that beat Scum, that got us promoted. I don't think you can ask any more of him, really. I think he goes with our best wishes, really. I know he's one of those players that are just so frustrating and I think we've sort of backed him on the on the podcast. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking back through the season and, and thinking there was only really those... I mean, it got called the Beckford saga and I think we made more of it really... I think we made more of it than Jermaine Beckford did in some mm. ways because apart from when he put in the transfer request in the summer and then again in January... So like those two day, those two ten day flurries. The rest of the time, he's just got on with scoring thirty goals, and he's not really, he's not been one of these people who's been in in the back of every paper, going, you know, save me from my Leeds hell, Everton, come and get me, please. He's just been playing exactly the same way he always played, and scoring as many goals as he he always did. And the the, the talk is that his um, wages at Everton will be um, twenty four thousand pounds a week, which is um, more than three times what he's on at Leeds and really I think even I mean we were just talking about players who were come to the biggest club of their career I think if you offered Andy Hughes who is about as well he's turned himself into a player that's about as Leeds as he can get as Nelson Mandela as I like to call um, Andy Hughes <laughs> if you said to him that you can go and play in the Premiership for £24,000 a week he'd He'd probably have to take it really for the good of for the good of him and his his family. He, there was some speculation last summer that he would, we would let him rot in the reserves if he wouldn't sign a new contract. And instead, he's you can't, I mean, you can't have luxuries like that in League One, can you? Unfortunately, no, we can't. And if you look at some of the teams at the lower end of the Premiership, you know your oh, the teams that have gone down, your Hulls, your Burnleys, they ain't got a striker that are anywhere near as good as he is. Volks, so Volks is in the Premier League. And when he went back, Beckford must have looked at him and thought, "If he can do it, I'm twice the player that guy is." Mm. Well, I think so. how how Beckford um, is viewed was always going to be sort of defined by whether we achieved promotion or not, whether he was going to leave, you know, with a mm. positive legacy or not. And it kind of we doubted it, didn't we? We particularly doubted it on the podcast. Should we have let him go and use the money to get somebody in? But it looks as though Grayson's decision to retain um, has been a good one. We've also said that if we've got some money for him. It wouldn't have been spent on players. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, and if the accounts are anything to go by, we, that's probably correct. Yeah. So, yeah. 
in a, in the way that Grayson actually handled the whole thing in the end. Um, I mean, we all agreed that Beckford had to be dropped, and he dropped him, and he got the best out of Becky Owen Gradle in the last few weeks of the season. And then mm. there was some talk in the run-up to the Bristol Rovers game: would Beckford start? You know, he said he had a big decision to make. I don't think anybody saw Beckford as captain coming. And yeah. at three o'clock, when I saw that on the team, I, I just I'm turning to my mate and saying, "Captain, what?" Is going on, and but it turned out to be it's an absolutely strong. inspired mm. idea, and and he's not only scoring the goal, but his all-round play, his part in the Gradle sending off was captain-like. Yeah. Um, I mean, he essentially saved the referee from being beaten unconscious <laughs> by a mental midget, <laughs> um, which shouldn't be ignored. And he then might also, have just punched his kneecaps a lot. <laughs> yeah, being bitten in the balls by uh, Max Gradle. But um, towards the end of the game, I know it's Beckford. He'd obviously been told to go and play left wing. Mm. And, uh, and admittedly, he was pretty bad at it because he just stood on the left wing for a quarter of an hour um, with his hands in the air, wondering why nobody would pass to him. But he stuck to it. He was playing as part of a team, which is the one thing that everybody always accuses him of not being, is a, a team player. And he was tracking back as well because he was at left-back at one point <laughs> and won the ball. So It's an incredible yeah. turnaround because just a few weeks ago, like, I was the main one arguing against it about um, sort of he should be dropped and things because his attitude just wasn't right. But he's, the turnaround has been incredible since he's been dropped. He's he's come back in with a, the sense of a man who's got something to prove still. Which given you know he's got a, apparently this twenty five thousand a week contract waiting to be uh, signed at Everton. It's, it's a great attitude to have. He could he could easily be thinking you know I might I might injure myself. What do I care? These people slag me off most weeks. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't hold anything back on Saturday. So yeah, Jermaine Beckford, just to tie up, I guess, his Leeds career, he's had his critics, um, but 111 starts and 72 goals is what the stats say from soccerbase.com. It's ridiculous. Thank you, Jermaine. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Jermaine, and and, and good luck. We... He got us up, and now we need to rebuild the side. I hope we? we find another useless thirty-goal a season lazy <laughs> bastard like you. You don't come across, you don't come about very often. But um, no, I wish him really all the best. Quite genuinely, I hope he. I'm sure he'll be thinking himself because he's he is a confident player. I think, and he does he does have faith in his ability. He'll be thinking like everyone. You see, you read forums, people going, "Oh, he'll go to Everton and rot in the reserves and things." He'll think he'll go to Everton, and he'll get. He'll push his way into their first team and he'll stay in it, and he'll be thinking, I never know, I might get an England call up. And good on him for thinking that. <laughs> Michael Ricketts played for England. Why can't he? Why can't he? He's not I? Scottish, is he? <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to share any thoughts with us on the, the matters we've discussed or anything at all, actually, something you'd like to get off your chest, podcast at thesquareball.net, you can pop us an email. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter, as we mentioned before. And we'll read those out in August. <laughs> and we will read them out in August. Yes, you've got a long time to, uh, to germinate your email. Um, let's wrap it up there then. Part three on the way in just a second part three of the square ball podcast uh this is where we normally do our little feature section uh but we can't really turn anywhere else apart from uh returning to our glorious promotion on saturday against bristol rovers yeah how was it for you then gents emotional fraught with emotional stuff anger at that referee anger at max gradle anger at myself for even having a ticket to be there and stand and watch it <laughs> and when stare at your shoes and stare at my shoes I'm sure I could have done something else on Saturday afternoon that wouldn't have cost ten years off the end of my life you're at least in the privileged position of being a bit drunk though because me and me and Oddie here, we, we had to sell the magazine so we drove to the game I was absolutely sober throughout the full the full 90 minutes and it was just torture the entire time I don't think I enjoyed any of it until <laughs> until the ball was in the corner in injury time and then I thought well, maybe do this <laughs> you're implying that I'm some kind of drunkard that turns up to games and podcasts on the piss I resent that accusation frankly the home games away games that's his job <laughs> <laughs> I made up for it afterwards but so um, which of you hooligans was on the pitch afterwards me 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 I wasn't <laughs> hey there it's Michelle Norris I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen when I travel I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home and one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that when I was in California recently I rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. <laughs> I wasn't there, but... We are the only one who can go next season because we'll all be banned. Yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed Ben Fry's announcements. You, you, please stay off the pitch or you will be banned from future games at Ellen Road. I don't think, don't think they will. There's a fantastic... How um, big is the front page of the Evening Post these days to put, <laughs> to put those pictures on? There's a fantastic picture that somebody's caught and I can't remember where I've seen it. Um, possibly I think it's on Wacko. Um, of, it's a, just a picture of thousands of fans on the uh, on the pitch and in the background there's the scoreboard yeah. <laughs> play stay off the pitch no there was a woman called Trisha something as well whose name kept appearing yes. on the board I don't know who she was but I was quite annoyed with it because it, it kept it kept showing that rather than the clock yeah that was really difficult to deal with it was on there for about it felt like it was on there for a good four or five hours but I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> But yeah, Trisha Goddard, possibly, I don't know. <laughs> am I, am I Probably something horrible had happened at her, at her home, but... Um, Let's hope not. Um, am I correct in thinking they didn't actually announce how many extra minutes there were going to be? No, no that, was, that was when my conspiracy theory really kicked well, in. It was done on purpose was... to prevent the pitch invasion, wasn't it? So ah, was it, it caused one, because there were a few yeah. people who came on. When there was a free kick um, given, yeah. a free kick, and... and um, it was slightly silly, but they could must only have thought... We have no idea how long's left. That must be it. And, you know, if I was the referee, perhaps I would have blown up while they were on the pitch because all he did then was get them all off. Long process, throwing taken. Full time now. Typical bloody referee. Yeah, I, was, I, I picked... Uh, managed, to, managed, managed to pick up Oddie's daughter and terrify her when I saw her <laughs> bumping into her on the pitch. I, just, I don't know why, really. I just Oddie looked too, big to, Oddie looked too big to pick up and I just, I just picked her up and chucked her in the air. <laughs> We saw people pile onto the pitch and we both looked at each other. That's me and my daughter, not me and Michael. <laughs> and we said, shall we? And we both went, yeah, go on then. So we just piled on and had a right good laugh. Uh, and then we bumped into Michael down by the cup and he uh, started to throw around. <laughs> <laughs> and you let this happen. I let this happen. Oh, what a day though! It was just—it yeah. was just brilliant. I don't, I don't even know what people were doing on the pitch. I, for some reason, I, I got down on my knees and I kissed the—I kissed the pitch for some reason. <laughs> there was—I saw like grown men on their knees weeping and stuff. It was brilliant. It was just yeah. such a such a good day, all in all. I had yeah. a very very different experience actually because I'm as I mentioned on one of the previous podcasts. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was tied into this uh, this stag do that I absolutely had to go to because I'm missing the wedding, so I had to do the stag do. And it was obviously planned ages ago, and I didn't realise until maybe a, a month or two back that it was going to coincide with the last day of the season. Um, so yeah, I was, I was across in Manchester, and about the time uh, that Max Gradle was getting sent off, and uh, and we were going one down, I had a shotgun in my hand because we were, we were clay pigeon shooting uh, for the afternoon on Saturday, and I had my phone. But unfortunately, because we were out in the forest, we were out in the woods, reception was very, very bad. So it was the information was sort of trickling through to me. And as I mentioned before, my dad sent me a text saying one down, meaning one man down, which got my heart fluttering. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't the right necessarily the right frame of mind to be carrying a twelve bore shotgun um, on a Saturday afternoon. But then I caught the uh, caught the last twenty minutes on Five Live. Um, in my mate's car in the car park and I witnessed us being promoted uh, via the radio we were on a dirt track on the way back towards the motorway uh, just on the outskirts of Manchester but then we went straight to the pub and it was full of Man United fans the pub where we were they were all wearing their AIG shirts and stupid faces and uh, it was just really nice just to just have a drink surrounded by them thinking I'm Leeds in your your patch it was great I had a great on your manor yeah, it did actually get slightly more bizarre after that because the hotel we were staying in, as we found out, apparently rents rooms by the hour, um, is a well-known <laughs> swingers hangout. Um, and when we all met in the bar at 8 o'clock to go out for the evening, um, there was a man, middle-aged man, um, 
in a white dress with a full beard who soon became Chris and Gandalf. Uh, so, so he became some of... How many hours did you have with him? <laughs> Um, I was back there at one o'clock. No, we went out and uh, had a good few drinks in Manchester, and uh, I think I drank till I couldn't see, to be honest. And, and then it's confusing s- when you go back to those hotel rooms. You, yeah. you say you don't get. Well, I had to pick right my number. I had to pick my room keys up out of a, a, a pot in the uh, in the bar. It was just luck, <laughs> luck, lucky dip, really. You know, what I mean? Gandalf was pleased. Yeah, because we, we didn't realise this. Neither of us, we've discovered today. Neither of us realised, but we're actually uh, emailing emailing off our phones. Yeah. I don't remember it happening, to be no. quite honest. It was about, I think mine was sent from about half past one or something. Yeah. I was apparently out. I, was, um... I, I went back to the, the hotel room and stuck the telly on, and I think Tremors was on, that film with the giant worms in the American desert, and I attempted to, to watch that whilst just re- I was reading the Twitter and Facebook and stuff and just generally sending uh, messages of like, yeah, and stuff like that to all my friends and to you as well. Um, you know, <laughs> I like that distinction. I sent messages to all my friends and you, and you as well. <laughs> Even people I didn't like. A, I didn't mean that. It's the square ball editors, and finally, it's all coming out. A season of, of success. A, divi- a divided publication. No, uh, I meant to include you in all that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a. It was a messy night, but I ended up waking up at seven thirty in the morning. I was so excited to come back and watch it all because I recorded Soccer Saturday and I watched it on fast forward. Um, so I could watch all the stuff actually unfolding and it made me nervous watching it even though I knew how it turned out but I watched Soccer Saturday and Jeff Stelling and all that um, from the sofa uh, from about 11 o'clock and I watched Goals on Sunday and the Football League show all day um, It's weird how you say about it making you nervous because even though I was there and I'm, I'm quite aware of what happened every time I've watched the highlights back which is many, many times I'm still expecting it to be disallowed <laughs> or for them yeah. to equalise yeah. Or for Housen's shot to come off the post and for the commentator to be saying, oh, and how Leeds came close in the 63rd minute with this. <laughs> but it actually all happened. And yeah. I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to take it back off us. No. Re- re-watching no. the last five minutes, like in advance of the pitch invasion, just to see how that came across. It all came back to me. It all came flooding back. And I remember one thing that struck me as slightly frightening was the way that the east stand was um, moving <laughs> uh, which I know it's a it's a substantial structure but I've never trusted that cantilever since it told me it was the biggest in the world <laughs> um, but yeah the, it was bouncing up and down and it was um, an incredible Leeds-ish what you said before about the Leeds-ness of just everything that was going on really was definitely apparent on the, on the afternoon, and um, and I don't think I've calmed down yet. That's why I'm I'm a little bit unable to speak properly. That and the fact that I'm I'm sitting here um, opening another cup, drinking like a. <laughs> we did say we we're going to do this one um, drunk if we went up, and I'm sticking to that. <laughs> but I've I've still done all through Sunday. I was I was just um, antsy, like you. you yeah, like you just can't cool. settle. Yeah, yeah, I can't settle. I can't just sit down and think. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's over. It. It's just not come yet. But it's such a rare emotion, isn't it? It happens so so few and far between. My girlfriend is absolutely sick of hearing me talk about it as well. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell every time. Every time she's talking, I'm just thinking. Oh, well, why, why, why aren't we talking about Leeds? <laughs> and I know I shouldn't. And she probably listens to this and murder me. But every time she starts talking, I just keep thinking. What about Leeds, though? <laughs> I've, I've been doing something similar. I've been like, singing the, the, the Leeds Are Going Up song around yeah. the house, yeah, just yeah, randomly completely. breaking into song. Yeah. And she's, I think she's gone from sort of pity to mocking me a bit, yeah. you know. But yeah. And Sunday morning I woke up and I just had to check it was Sunday and we did win. I didn't dream that. Yeah. It was just bizarre. Darren Beckford did score the winner. He certainly did. <laughs> did anyone else have a little cry, by the way? Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I did. You know, it, it possibly happened through my terrible hangover on Sunday. Um, I thought I was probably going to die at one point, but yeah, watching it back when I got, I said I got, I ran in the house. It took me like two hours to get home from uh, from Manchester with all the, the buses and trains and stuff. And um, it was eleven o'clock, put my quilt down onto the settee. I didn't move off there until I think it was like nine or ten at night, um, and just started watching everything back. And I watched the Chelsea game and all that as well. But as I saw the full time whistle go and that mental just went up everyone just went mental I did I start, I started welling up I also welled up in the car as well on the dirt track when we were leaving the clear pigeon shooting um, when the full time whistle went I welled up and I was swearing like a navvy because it's just like you said it didn't happen very often yeah. I, I, well, I welled up when Beckford scored because I just thought we're going to do it we're going to do it mm. and we just don't do things like that so it was I didn't um, have those kind of um, 
tears, even when I was uh, slapping Robert Snodgrass on the thigh, which was <laughs> a, a very sensual experience. Um, if not for him, then for me, and that's what's important. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a pantomime type slap, was it? <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a, a gentle caress. Um, but uh, the, have you the, washed your hand yet? Um, oh, that's why you're wearing that glove. <laughs> but what I was talking about before the 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 tension of the of the whole time when we were a goal down that was when I was um, I nearly I could feel myself I wanted to cry out of sheer fucking frustration <laughs> uh, I mean I, I mentioned this briefly when I, I said imagine if we were in the playoffs imagine if we had to have another season in Division 3 and that was what I was that was the frame of mind I was in it was when a relief we were a goal down. Going up the- well, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't relief yet. That was us being one nil down, right, right. down to ten men, and about to seriously cock it up. And it was just, and I, it was like being a kid when you really, really want something and you can't have it. And I was about to have those kind of frustrated tears. Um, and then after that, when when we um, when Housen scored and Beckford scored. Um, it it was almost it was almost easy after that. It, it, I'd I'd come out the other side. Um, That's the opposite of how I was. I was when when we were losing. It was just it felt too familiar to be proper properly upset about it. Mm. I just felt I'm, I'm I know what's happening here. This is how it always is. This is what happens following leads. And then but then when when we scored the first one because at that point I think. I think Millwall and Swindon were actually drawing at that point, so a point was enough. They scored very shortly afterwards, but then so did we. But then when Beckford scored, I, I was, I think I was too busy picking myself up because I'd been like, I think I went, I think the first goal I went forward a row, the second goal I went backwards a row, because <laughs> um, the person behind me was obviously falling, so they dragged me back, covered, absolutely covered in bruises. But um, yeah, and then, but then at full time, I, I don't know, I just, I just thought, oh God, it's happened, it's happened. And then I, so I've looked around at the people who I stand with, who I go to all the away games at and stuff, and they were their faces are the same as mine. And I just thought, oh God, I'm going to cry. Do you know what? I I didn't doubt we were going to do it. You you were saying about that awful sinking feeling about thinking we were going to be in Division Three again, and I quite brazenly said it'll go to the last day and we'll go up automatically on this podcast a few weeks ago, and that was it. I just couldn't, I can't see us, I couldn't imagine us in Division Three again next year. And I know these things don't work, and I don't, and I don't believe in fate or anything like that but I just felt something inside me couldn't see us being in Division 3 you weren't at Ellen Road after an hour <laughs> really but do you know why this, this is the exact thing though this is this is why in a way I'm glad I wasn't so I didn't have to put myself through that torture yeah. I was feeling it as well because I was getting this information drip fed through to me via my phone but um in a way, I was glad to have avoided the tension. That said, I listened to the last 20 minutes on the radio, and obviously on the radio when you're listening, you get that thing of the crowd always being slightly ahead of the commentator, so yeah. things are happening. What's happening? Just tell us what's happening. No, we don't want to go to Millwall. Just tell us yeah. what's happening at Ellen Road like that. Yeah. And it, oh, it was, there was a thing that when we were 2-1 up, there was a rumour at Millwall that... It was 2-2, two, two, yeah. It was 2-2, two, two, so they all started yeah. singing. Think Good they, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And another thing, on um, Sunday afternoon, I bumped into uh, a lad I know who's a steward at Ellen Road. And he's normally got the cushiest job in the world because he's in the West Stand behind the director's box, <laughs> overseeing all the other stewards. So basically, he gets paid. He's just making sure people aren't dead. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just not, feed... not an easy task if Ken Bates is in. No, no, just feeding worthers to people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they moved into the South Stand, and he said that people were trying to get over the barriers and offering cash to get in because they weren't, didn't have any tickets. But it was in the top tier, so the lot he was looking after couldn't get on the pitch anyway yeah. he's just saying and all these idiots were getting on the pitch and then what did they do when they get there says oh me and Izzy went on the pitch we had a right laugh <laughs> <laughs> just to mention actually people desperate to get in a spare thought of my mate who had um, he actually he, went, he didn't have a ticket so he ended up getting one in the Bristol end but then he did get one um, for the Leeds end so he decided to, he sold his other one his Bristol end ticket outside and he sold it at face value without the booking fee so he actually made a loss on it and a policeman saw it and arrested him and he was held in the cells throughout the game no. so he missed he missed the he missed being promoted because he was held in a police no. cell for, t- for ticket touting on which he had made a loss <laughs> that's harsh that's bad very harsh I'd, I feel for him what happened on the night <clears throat> just Leeds in general just felt like a magical place on Saturday night just being out the bars were all full most of them weren't letting people in but they were full <laughs> all the same um, just just every every pub you went into, there were people singing lead songs, random hugging of strangers, 
I ended up in a karaoke bar. <laughs> I don't, don't know why. I think there were not many places that let us in. It's, it's all a bit fuzzy. This is around midnight, I think. But a karaoke bar let us in. I sang Thunder Road. <laughs> <laughs> Can you give us a, an impression of that? I, I don't even know what it must have sounded because my voice had completely gone as well from screaming. But yeah, my, my mate the, sang Seven Days by Craig David. That was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> There are a few other people in there just confused, but it was mainly Leeds fans. Oh, it was just just a brilliant night. But it's the buzz it creates in the city, and it's you know just for the good of the city. And Leeds it's how and Leeds should be in sure. any hole, both yeah. at the ground with it being full. There was a nice buzz about it. There was a great atmosphere. Then in the town afterwards, the people enjoying themselves. You go out before like you know the Johnston's paint trophy match. There's no one there. The people who are there don't want to be there. The, but people actually were were glad to be part part of the football club and part of the city on Saturday. It was amazing. Even before the game, we thought we'd meet up um, like an hour earlier than usual at twelve instead of one because you know it's going to be busy. Getting to a pub at twelve o'clock already packed, already queuing, already everybody just wanted to be there. Longest queues I've ever seen for the special buses down to Welland Road. They were just absolutely mental. And well, yeah, while you were queuing for drinks in town, <laughs> me and Micah were up at the ground trying to sell mags. So and you sold a lot of mags, didn't did you? As well. Mainly thanks to the new kit launch, because this club shop was absolutely chock a block, and they're <laughs> queuing right round, down right down Lowfields Road, and we sold a shit lot. They could so, buy um, four years worth of the square ball for the price of one lead shirt. Wow! Just saying. Wow. Yeah, and it was full colour as well. Um, Forty pages up from thirty-two. I mean, what better value do you possibly want for a pound? Better than the program. We keep saying this. It's better than the program, and it's a third of the price. And um, you see, I pause then because Daniel's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Just buy it. That's all we're saying. Buy it. But yeah, well, we've we've uh, done the last issue for the season now. Um, we'll be back. Even more pages, full colour for the 2010-2011 uh, the championship campaign. It's going to be fantastic. And we'll stop that particular little discussion there and we will look at next season in just a moment. Part four of the Square Ball podcast. Uh, normally at this point we would be previewing the next round of fixtures, but obviously we've we've run out of them, thankfully. No playoff games to be doing. Um, this is going to be the last podcast of the season. We did decide it was best to leave on a high. We've come round full circle uh, from the Man United game when we started this 18 long weeks ago is it 18 weeks is that right 10 podcasts yeah 18 weeks of this it's maybe important to stress that um, the people who've accused us of being a curse on the club um, perhaps need to take that back at this point (laughs) no matter how bad we may have caused these had to be it turned out all right in the end. Yeah, it's come full circle. We did start on an extreme high, didn't we, off the back of the Man United game? It seems right to sign off in the same mood. Um, normally, we'll be, uh, we would be concerned with upcoming events, so let's let's do that and let's look at the summer, uh, analyse what's going to happen in the Championship, maybe, and what we need to do uh, this summer. Where to start? I guess we've been in talks, apparently, with three players, as Simon Grayson has said, for next season, which was conditional on promotion. Any names in the hat? Paul Dickoff. <laughs> Still, <laughs> come on, I just can do your just, job. Yeah, wipe your fun. cynicism away, just just for fifteen minutes. So we're looking for three out of contract players that will only join Leeds United if Leeds United are in the Championship. Well, the obvious it's almost one. like a game of guess who, isn't it? <laughs> Does he have a beard? <laughs> the obvious one, Nick Montgomery, getting very much touted. Uh, as a potential signing out of contract at Sheffield United is he 28-29 Leeds fan as well um, somebody has quoted him as saying that he'd crawl over broken glass to come and play for Leeds probably don't need that because he'll spend a lot of time in the treatment there, room yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, is he just sort of the, the midfield general that maybe we've been lacking at times this year a bit more steel in midfield it is what we need I think that's the I mean much as um Johnny Housen is the, the hero of the hour. We need something more in midfield. I still quite like Neil Kilkenny um, for his ability to actually pass a football. He can unlock defences as well. Yeah. yeah, but we definitely need... Um, He's absolutely brilliant on the inflatable saxophone as well. <laughs> Has anyone seen the pictures <laughs> yeah, of Yeah, the pictures from the, uh, the, the players now out in Leeds, yeah. He's, uh, he's blowing that trumpet. He, he's, he's like Kenny G and... Um, Bob Holness rolled into one and that's a very unappetising uh, mime that Dan Moylan is doing in front of me right now um, but um, 
Yes, yeah, so somebody to uh, to shove the uh, somebody to place the saxophone in front of Neil Kilkenny's lips and let him <laughs> and let him blow as freely and as, in as jazzy a manner as he wants is really what we need to be looking for. Let's and extend the met- metaphor even further and say to make some sweet music. To make some very sweet music, and if this Montgomery chap can do that, then I'll have him. But I am a bit concerned that we do seem to be just being linked with um, everybody that can't get a game at Sheffield United, and that. It may well be um, Blackwell never struck me as a resentful type, but perhaps he's sending all these people back just to destroy us yet again. And and yes, and it revisits um, the Wilco era of just going to Sheffield and seeing what we can get. Isn't it nice to be talking about this now rather than the upcoming game against Charlton or whatever well, whatever it would have been? <laughs> well, so. if we'd stayed down, we'd be looking at departures. Becky would go, Snodgrass go, Kilkenny would probably go. Beckford Howson gone. will go after that goal. Howson is bound to be um, Liverpool will probably be in for him. Um, partnership with Gerard in midfield, it would be a beautiful thing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we have actually we have actually got a summer of positive transfer speculation to come, even though it'll be um, probably incredibly irritating. Which areas of the squad do we think we need to bolster? Then do we think we need another centre half? Um, yes. Because we can only presume that Marquez is on his way. The full defence, really. Yeah. yeah. Right back, right back, left back, centre back. We need a decent one of each, minimum, really. I think. Well, it's mainly because we've not had our full strength back four anyway, all season. Parker, bless him. We've got, we've got, yeah, we've got Lubo as well, who's on on big wages. Rui is on big wages. They need to just go. Get them off the wage bill. Yeah, just get them gone. Um, Left back, I'm not too concerned about. The only concern is Ben Parker's fitness. But if we've got a fit Ben Parker for next season with. Um, Aiden White in reserve in advance of him becoming being converted to left wing and being the next Harry Kewell. Um then uh, then we should be alright in that department right back is a, is an issue and it almost, I mean Fraser Richardson made team of the year which was um, a shock to uh, anybody who's seen him in previous seasons but we can't rely on, um, on Andy Hughes um, playing a Above himself every every week. If Grayson's listening, by the way, um, this is in no way a plea that we should sign Shane Lowry either, <laughs> who, has, who has, has been probably well, he's out of contract, so he's a likely candidate. Probably the worst player we've had this season. Have we actually won while he's been on the pitch? To be fair to the guy, he's a centre back, <laughs> not a left back, isn't he? Yeah, predominantly. It's not really much of a footballer, though, which is which is a, which is a shame. It doesn't take long, does it? We've gone up, and now we'll give them a good slag. Pick them apart. Oh, Shane Lowry's terrible, though. Honestly, things improved enormously when he went off. He was getting absolutely taken apart, and he, I don't think I've seen him pass a ball to a Leeds player this season. Well, while we're on this mode, Gary McSheffrey, stay away. Stay away. <laughs> Not interested. Resurrect your career at some other... other Midlands club. <laughs> yeah. Just, just I've got, do you know what? I've got a funny feeling we'll, we'll end up signing him. I don't know why. McSheffrey? Yeah. I don't know why I've just got a funny face. I don't think so. He gave an interview to the Union Post a while ago that that basically he was given the impression that he couldn't understand why he'd been brought to Leeds to not play, and he was just like, "I don't. I'm being treated terribly." And the part of the equation that he wasn't getting was that he'd come here and played like absolute dog shit, and that was why Simon Grayson wasn't giving him a fair crack of the whip. So. Get lost, Gary McSheffrey. I know he said fuck off then, but that would have been harsh. <laughs> and Dan, you did say that uh, McSheffrey was going to be the inspiration into our. You've uh, no idea about the influence he's got in that dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. He turned out to be a bit of a, a red herring, didn't he? But none of know, it matters now. It is. No. It's irrelevant. Yeah. They, they've, however they've done it, they've done it. And again, you know what? Looking on it now, I, I sort of saw a little bally dick off there running around afterwards, and I thought, you know what? He's genuinely pleased, and maybe he has brought a little bit of. Um, I was going to say sensible head and calmness. He's not noted for that, but rubbed, off, rubbed off on Gradle. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of yeah, but a little bit of experience to the dressing room. Basically, we could do with just spending like three million quid on a really brilliant player. <laughs> 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 is what I'm building up to. But some some kind of championship experience. Um, in fact, um, I will go. I will say it. I will do the Leeds United cliche thing and say we will need a Strachan. It's time for a lot of the players that are there now as well to step up because when you read like Square Ball Forum and Wacko and things, there's a lot of talk of all oh, these players are good enough for the championship that oh, they'd actually do better if we went up. People like Kilkenny and House and a lot of people say, oh, if we were in a better league, they'd be better players. I begin to suspect that though. And no, it's no. time for them to prove it. To yeah. prove it really, yeah. it's time. For, you know, and equally, equally, I suppose Beckford won't be there, I presume. But you know, people like that who who've been 
good in this league, it's time for them to, to prove that they can do it at a high level. Even Kisnobo, who went up with Leicester and they let him go on a free because obviously Nigel Pearson didn't rate him as, uh, as up for the championship. He's got something to prove. Um, and he needs to do it, otherwise we'll be straight back down. <laughs> are, are we going to have to look at a different type of striker as well? As, as we mentioned before, there aren't too many Beckfords around um, with with the pace and the finishing. Do we do we need to look at one, maybe even two strikers, you think? You've got to presume that Candle will leave. As well I, I, as I'd actually be, I'd, I'd already assume <laughs> as, that. As, yeah. as well as Beckford. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry, for some reason that's incredibly funny. <laughs> That was a given, to be honest, in my question. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves us with Greller and Sommer, who've played about ten full games between them in England. Um, Becchio and... Griddle. Maximum Griddle. Who's... <laughs> That's the other one. Who's suspended and kind of not there. And there's always yeah. the uh, there's always the fashion for trying to play Snodgrass as a striker, if, if, you, yeah, well, if you're Greg, not looking for pace. Or, Griddle and Snodgrass um, are in the same mould, really, and they can both kind of have a go, but they're not, they're not yeah. really strikers, are they? So... It looks. It leaves us looking kind of light on experience and pace. I think we've extended uh, Sommer's contract, haven't we? Yeah, we've yeah. taken that option. Which, if he's, I mean, his performances for Lincoln have actually been unreal, um, even down to getting sent off on the last day um, <laughs> for violent conduct. Good lad. Um, so uh, he's got to be worth a chance. Grella, I know he's he's a fan's favourite. Um, despite nobody ever having seen him do anything really spectacular in the lead shirt. But um, if he sticks around, um, he, he's either got to do it next season or... He could or, find himself shipped off to back to League One or something. Yeah, uh, you've got to wonder what he's what he's not doing um, in training to keep him out of the, out of the team. Well, we'll watch the, um, we'll watch the transfer uh, incomings and outgoings with great interest. Um, much more local feel to the championship next year. We're going to have games against Hull, Doncaster, Burnley, Preston. Uh, a little bit less travelling than Exeter, and obviously Plymouth have come down as well. So uh, a lot more derbies. Yeah, Sheffield United, United yeah, Barnsley. Mm-hmm. So really miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be fun. I, I said when we were discussing um, the uh, visit beast and, and the hotel and stuff that the Premiership just feels unreal to me it doesn't feel like football anymore I watched match of the day on Sunday and it just didn't I couldn't pretty soulless isn't it after, mm. after, especially after Saturday at Elland Road I couldn't translate what I experienced during that game to what I was watching on match of the day they feel, they feel separate and for me the, the next five years I would be absolutely happy if we finished third every season and then um Lost at Wembley in the playoff final. Oh, I'm not sure that's true. Maybe. Well, at least you get a tri- you get a day out in London. Um, I hate bloody London. And I, I fully admit I am I am saying that now in um, in May 2010 and come May 2011 I will be cursing like hell if we finish third and then lose at the playoff final. Any other business then before we uh, sign off? Yes, there's the marching on together uh, download which the club have been involved in. There's a digitally remastered version coming out on the 16th of May. You've been doing your research. Oh. <laughs> uh, so is this the push for number one, is it? Is it this is, the yes. idea? Yeah. About so, the 50,000 downloads would get us to number one. It's, you can do it in less than that on a good week. You can, yeah. you can do it in about 20,000. It's in quite a lot to me, that. Yeah. Apparently Andy Hughes has a solo record out this week, so maybe <laughs> some competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, watch that one with interest. Definitely, everyone should buy it, because it'd be nice yeah. to see us getting a bit of uh, national coverage as well, wouldn't it? And we've got a, a T-shirt competition to do, which was your stupid idea, so you'd better announce the stupid winner. Yeah, we um, we had calling our winner stupid. <laughs> well, I'm sure the winner isn't stupid. It's costing us ten quid, and it's coming out of Michael's pocket. So <laughs> it's, it's all little. Well, we had, we had a rifle through all the entries that we received, and the one that we deemed to be the best slash most amusing uh, came from Tom Spark. Um, does somebody want to read out uh, Tom's entry to the t-shirt competition? Uh, the question, of course, just to remind you, was: Do you want it? I want it more than a Carlisle fan wants his sister stroke mother. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, uh, really, I'm sure he doesn't want it that much, but... If his sister was stroking his mother, I mean, we're talking about a, car- <laughs> a, a Carlisle fan in, uh, in absolute heaven. So he, he, he's got bonus points just for the sheer uh, Cumbrian perversion. So well done, uh, Tom Spark. We'll be in touch and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll sort you out with uh, that T-shirt. It's the Visit Beeston design, which is still available via squareballshop.com. Oh, we didn't mention earlier that one, um, when we're on the um, 
uh, when none of us were on the pitch after the game because we don't want to have banning orders, um, a small boy ran past both me and Michael. I thought I'd imagined it, but uh, um, Michael was able to confirm it later, wearing a Visit Beeston T-shirt. And it was it was good to know that I'm not the only person in uh, in the world who owns a size small. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was heartening. It was heartening to see. So if you are that boy, get in touch. And I'm sure Michael will slip you a tenner or something. <laughs> My final call for any material on on this uh, this season square ball podcast. Any more to add? Can I just say a big hello to um, a friend of mine, big Carl Robson, who's going to the hospital next week. So he listens, to, downloads the uh, podcast, and his girlfriend Charlotte. So all the best next week. Yeah, he downloads one. his girlfriend Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the modern age, Michael. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, if that makes the edit. <laughs> In terms of when we're going to return, then um, we've we kind of made no decision on it. What we do know is we're going to sign off this season on this high point. We couldn't return and do anything. I think in a fortnight that would uh, be as enjoyable. Perhaps in the in a world of interactiveness, people on Twitter and so on could let us know if they actually want to hear from us over summer because there is half an idea that we'll come back towards the end of the World Cup and look at the uh, the summer situation with Leeds United and shall we all, see if anything all happens? Our, all our great players. Yeah. To be honest, I think none of us had looked beyond Saturday the 8th of May as no. in our entire lives, had we? And now it's finally, uh, it's finally passed and we got promoted. Uh, we're left to deal with the reality of when we actually bother returning. Um, I would imagine some point maybe after the World Cup and yeah. then uh, in time for the new season, maybe pre-season or whatever. But I think we'll, we'll probably take a well-earned rest for a few weeks. But let us know your thoughts. If you want us, we'll come. We're at your beck and call. And a massive thank you to you as well for your support in downloading the podcast. It has gone far better than we possibly imagined it might. Uh, thanks once again. Uh, same again for the magazine as well. We're back with a 48 page full colour. Um, publication for August celebrating our promotion I think we've got ideas for what we want the cover to be the uh, the shot of Andy Hughes riding shoulder high in front of the cop pumping his very very hairy chest <laughs> that'd be a nice first cover for the next uh, the next season so uh, until then I think we should probably say bye bye it's been emotional it's been, a, it's been a pleasure today. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say the last few months I'd be. <laughs> and we've got to start it all again in August. So uh, until we see you then, bye from me. Uh, bye from Michael Normanton. Bye-bye. Bye from Moscow White. Yes! <laughs> and see you later from Oddie. And I'm off to Podley on Sea for the <laughs> summer. <laughs> um, I think we should possibly leave them with a little bit of a sing-song, shouldn't we? I and mean, we don't have to sing. We'll just give them this music. That's Is it played. Thunder Road again? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you haven't picked up from the music that's in the background yet. I apologise to anyone who had to hear that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't picked up from the uh, the music that's in the background, here's a chance to sing the uh, the leads are going up, no, 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 song. So uh, sing along for this if you're on the bus, maybe if you're out walking, whatever, with your iPod on. Enjoy it, and we will see you next season. Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.